Welcome to Historical Jesus. I'm Mark Vinette. The Nativity When the faithful celebrate how a bright star in the sky led the Magi, also known as the Three Wise Men, to visit the baby Jesus after he had been born. But how do we separate myth from fact in ancient history when it comes down to one of the most beloved and well-known stories of all time? Let's join Scott Rank of the History Unplugged podcast and find out. What Father Longenecker has done is to look at the story of the Magi that appear in the Nativity story of Jesus and what could be the historical reality of the Magi. Father Longenecker, when this group, the Magi, comes and when we get into the Nativity story itself, It never mentions in the Matthew account that there are three wise men. I don't think we know the number, but what kind of group do you think would have been showing up? What would have looked like? Would have been a few people, a lot of people, high-ranking delegates, low-ranking? What's your take on who showed up there? I don't know. We're in the realm of speculation. There is an interesting detail from about 60 AD where the king of Armenia travels to pay homage to Nero in Rome. And he travels with some magi, interestingly enough, from Armenia. And he travels with the whole entourage of military, wise men, court officials, and the king himself going to pay tribute and homage to Nero. So I guess that's a kind of contemporary account which we could speculate or envision King Aratus IV sending an entourage to King Herod. I would speculate and say that probably there were a number of wise men or magi who came and that they had a small military group with them. That's my speculation. It also explains some things where in the traditional account, we three kings of Orient are, if that were actually true, if there are these people from Persia, number one, they wouldn't have spoke a common language with Mary and Joseph because... Uh, well, actually, they would oh, have. Oh, so they would have known Aramaic. Aramaic was common right back through the 3rd, 4th, and 5th centuries BC in Persia. It was the lingua franca for the entire ancient world. So they would have known Aramaic. But the thing about where they came from also, the important piece of evidence, right when Matthew says that wise men came from the east. Remember I said that Christianity's center of gravity had shifted north and west to Armenia, Turkey, Greece, and Italy. Well, if you're there, then the east is Persia and India. Mm. But Matthew's gospel was written to the Judean Christians in the early days in Jerusalem and Judea. They were Jews, and they were still in Judea. Now, for them, the East is Arabia. And biblical scholar Tony Malouf has written a terrific book showing how all through the Old Testament, the Jews referred to the East, to Arabia as the East, kind of like we would say, oh, he's from the South. And we know that means Alabama and Mississippi and Georgia. When they said the East, that was Arabia. So Matthew's word there, wise men came from the east, means Arabia. And the earliest witnesses to the tradition put the wise men from Arabia. It's only when the Gnostic traditions grew up in the second and third centuries and Christianity shifted north and west that the east started to mean Persia. Right. So that explains a lot more where they're closer in distance, probably closer in culture. I'm talking about Mary and Joseph and the Magi, closer in language. Yeah. I believe in the Cologne Cathedral in Germany, there are relics of the wise men. Yes. I know you said that there's a lot of the story that gets into speculation just because of lack of sources. So would they have ridden camels? Would the legendary aspects of it, how much of this is plausible and the relics in Cologne, where do you think that comes from? The relics in Cologne is a very late tradition from the 4th to the 5th century and even later where the legend was that 
Queen Helena, the Empress Helena, the mother of Constantine, who did actually discover a lot of authentic relics in Jerusalem, that she also discovered the tombs of the wise men in Persia and brought their bones back. There's no really earlier evidence than that to this legend, but once it got onto the relic trail through the Middle Ages, they found their way to Cologne Cathedral. I like when relics are authentic, but I think those ones are not, for all the reasons that I've laid out. But about camels? Now, this is also interesting. We all know about Arabian horses, and it was during the Greek influence of the Nabataeans in the 2nd and 3rd centuries BC that the Nabataeans started to develop and breed horses as well as camels. And there's records of them donating horses to Pompey's military campaign and Julius Caesar's military campaigns and developing quite a quick and response force of their military on horseback, a cavalry. So by the time of Jesus' birth, the Nabataean noblemen who were making their way from Petra to Jerusalem almost certainly would have ridden on horses. That was the prestige means of transportation. The camels had become pack horses, pack animals. And so I'm afraid wise men on camels is probably not accurate. And Matthew doesn't talk about camels at all, you see. So if they had camels, they would have been pack animals. Right. They're sort of the long haul freight truck of the Middle East. They can haul incredible amounts of weight, but maybe not the most dignified thing to go on. Exactly. And also, the trip from Petra to Jerusalem is about 300 miles on established roads, which they would have known from their travels. They wouldn't have needed camels to make that journey. It was through a fairly populated area across into southern Judea, then up north to Jerusalem, with plenty of stopping places, and you wouldn't have needed the pack animals to make that journey. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. There's also the tradition that the names of these three were Balthazar, Melkor, I think it's pronounced, and Casper. Where does that come from? Is that also, I'm guessing, a later legend that comes about? Yeah, around the 4th and the 5th century when these Gnostic writings, apocryphal gospels, were being developed. Well, between the 2nd and 4th centuries, yes, they started giving them names and started saying that they were kings and starting saying they came from India, Persia, Africa, and even mythical lands of the East. There's one document called the Revelation of the Magi, which is this great long 8th century document in which says they came from a mythical land in the mountains, and it's complete myth. And that's when the names came up. And there's about half a dozen different versions of their names, depending on the countries that the writings came from. You say Anthony and Cleopatra. So how do they fit into this story? Well, that goes back to the politics of the time. Basically, if you remember your Roman history, Julius Caesar comes in and invades Rome and Pompey flees and is killed in Egypt. And Anthony and Octavian, then uh, Julius Caesar's after his assassination, Octavian and Anthony and the assassins of, of Julius Caesar are all vying for power. And finally, it's Anthony in the eastern part of the empire and Octavian's in Rome with the western part of the empire. And of course, they're starting to gear up for the great battle of Actium and Herod is stuck in the middle. 
Okay, he's in Jerusalem. Anthony's with Cleopatra in the south, and Octavian is in Rome. And Cleopatra would like Anthony to give her the territories of Judea and Nabataea, which once belonged to the Egyptian Empire. So she has designs on Herod's kingdom and on the Nabataean kingdom. Meantime, Anthony's gearing up for war against Octavian, and naturally, Herod's in the middle saying, which one of these am I going to support? My allegiance is to Anthony because my territory falls under his suzerainty. But if Octavian wins, I'm going to be in hot water. So Herod does a very shrewd thing. He sort of does a get out by declaring war on the Nabataeans. He goes and invades the Nabataeans so he can therefore say to both Anthony and Octavian, I'm sorry, guys, I don't have any armies to be able to torture your worthy cause. I'm engaging on the Eastern Front. So he therefore uses the opportunity to get some extra territory, put the Nabataeans in line and defend his borders. And then when it all blows over and Octavian emerges as the winner, Herod can go to Octavian and say, of course, I was always on your side, my lord. If only I had been able to support you with my armies, but I was unfortunately occupied. So that's where Anthony and Cleopatra fit in. Wow, this is absolute speculation, but some of the people who were at the Nativity maybe could have had some connection with Anthony and Cleopatra. I don't know if they were operating on both sides. Cleopatra had her designs on the Nabataean kingdom as well. And so if the wise men were old men, they would have remembered all of those politics and would have been very aware of uh, Anthony and Cleopatra and everything that happened. I think you might have a historical first there if you connect those two. That's a degree of separation that's pretty interesting. It's fascinating, isn't it, the way it all connects? Yeah, we always learn about these things in isolation, but never fit all the pieces together. So, Father, for somebody like you who writes a whole book, obviously you had to dig into this subject really deeply. And because you dug in so deeply, what would you say are the one or two things that you really came away with from this research project that you always like to share with people after digging so deeply into this subject? I think where we started is actually one of the things that interests me the most. First of all, when I did this research, I kept waiting to find the person who'd already written this book, and nobody has. And that's because most of the modern biblical scholars, as I said, dismiss the Magi story as being unhistorical. Therefore, they never actually did their homework and dug into whether it might have been. The assumption was, oh yeah, that's just a fairy tale. And furthermore, biblical scholars have told me that it's almost like your calling card within the realm of New Testament scholarship that you're not allowed to believe that there's any historical basis to the Magi story. In other words, to have a good reputation within those academic circles, you really must question that orthodoxy. I'm Mark Vinette. Thank you for sharing your time with me. Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss. Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body which decreases as we age. Taking Calitrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calitrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90-day supply. And this week, take advantage of their President's Day sale. Buy the 90-day supply, 
and get an extra month free plus free shipping. Ordering is so easy. Just text the word HISTORY to the code 30605 and we'll send you a link to this special offer. Again, text HISTORY, that's H-I-S-T-O-R-Y, using the code 30605.